This episode brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lineup Podcast. I'm your host, James, and with me, as always, we have Matt and Andrew. It's October 10th, five weeks in the books. Halloween is almost here, and the Lions season is as scary as it's ever been, and most likely will not turn around. Another gut-wrenching loss in the closing seconds. We'll get more into that later. Injuries continue to pile up, and to top this week off, Dan Campbell cried to the media because he just can't take this torture anymore. My question is, did he not know what he was getting into after taking this Lions job? Boys, where do we even begin? I wish I could say that I was feeling better after this week. Um, you know, losing at another almost, you know, record-setting field goal, it seems. It's not fun. Um, but I feel like I'm starting to get used to it. And um, it's kind of what you're expecting throughout the year at this point. Um, you know, it, it's tough to, to come back. You know, it seemed like we were going to be out of it. And, uh, you know, we get a lead at the, with 37 seconds to go. And, uh, you know, it all comes crumbling down once again. So I like seeing the fight. It's great seeing emotion out of Dan Campbell. You know, the players love him, hopefully. Um, it's, it's good to see. But, you know, one of these days, we just got to get a win. So I'm really hoping for it the next Have couple weeks. Have to close it out. Have to close it out. And, you know, the last thing, <laughs> you can't make this up. It's the same score as the Lions-Ravens disaster game from two weeks ago. 17 Lions, 19 opponent. The 19-17 curse lives on in 2021. Hopefully that is the absolute last time we have to deal with that score and also dealing with a game-winning field goal to end the game. So, but, you know, to end the game, fourth quarter, I mean, a lot happened in the final three, four minutes. Uh, Matt or Andrew, do you want to walk us through pretty much just you know, three minutes left in the game, it's six to 16 Vikings. So I, I thought we were done just with four minutes left. Yeah. I mean, it certainly, it certainly seemed that way. And, you know, I think we were the Lions from the Lions perspective, we were fortunate enough to get that fumble with Jalen Reeves Maven, which didn't seem like a fumble initially, but we were super fortunate enough just to get that and even have the opportunity to punch the ball in with Swift in the first place. So a little bit of ball handling and a little bit of taking care of the ball. We, you know, from the Vikings, we, we probably would not have gotten the ball back again, given the way they were running the ball. So we were fortunate enough just to be in that position. Um, I love the call at the end of the game for go, to go for two. I don't know where you guys stand on that, but, you know, given that we don't have a lot to lose this year, I, I really love the call going for two in that situation in Minnesota with a chance to win the game and ultimately getting that two-point conversion. Um, even though it didn't work out for us in the long run, we give up that field goal, obviously, at the end of the game. Um, going for two is just it's, – it's, it speaks a lot about the coach, what he's willing to do, willing to take chances. But um, it was a wild last four or five minutes of that game, which is kind of crazy. Um, I think just to sum it up nicely, I wish we would have played a little bit better defense <laughs> in the last 39 seconds, giving up yep. a couple of deep passes over the middle. Um, I wish we would have given him more of a sideline look. 
you know, and play a little bit more over the middle. That's where the Ravens beat us in the last game. You know, that big pass over the middle on fourth and 19 that they completed, or third and 19, rather. And then, you know, we had the Vikings in third and long all day long. So it really wasn't a defensive issue, really, at the end of the game. It just, it, you, you want, in retrospect, you wish you can go back and do things differently. But um, it, it is what it is. And we're on, to, we're on to next week against Cincinnati, so. And I love the call to go for two at the end. You know, if, if we were two and two or three and one going into this game, maybe you don't want to do that. It's a big risk. Uh, it could lead to a loss if we don't convert that. But when you're 0-4, you know, try to get a win. No, I, I don't hate that at all. Um, just try to try to get a win. You know, get your first one of the season, first win for Dan Campbell. I like being aggressive there. There's really nothing to lose. So I love seeing that. And, uh, I mean, it worked out until, you know, the, the field goal went through the uprights in the game. And the odds so. were totally in our favor. I want to say there were 37 seconds left uh, just, just for Cousins to actually do something. But going back to, you know, the defense, you know, playing a strong game every down that whole game to then just ultimately let up a 21-yard pass to Thielen to start that drive up gets them to pretty much the 40 and, you know, quick timeout, and then they just keep continue driving a few more passes. It just seems like they were just eating up the, the gaps in the Lions defense to get them, you know, in field goal range. And then, you know, we, you know, we were all together yesterday. I walked over the Vikings guy right after that timeout. And I was like, listen, buddy, you guys won this game. <laughs> field goal didn't even happen yet. I walked over. I was like, it, it was a hard fought battle between two of us. Good competitive game today. I was like, there's nothing for you to worry about right now. That ball's going in just because who you're playing. So it stinks. It's, it's like we, we felt it. We didn't want to see it. And, you know, we thought maybe this time it'll be different. Um, but, nope, the curse continues and uh, lives on. The Vikings yeah. always miss field goals, it seems, when they really need them, except when it's against us. Our bad luck outweighs theirs. Right. And, then, like, we were literally one good possession away in the third, second or third quarter. Like, one good drive in either of those quarters from winning the game outright. Like, so if we put together one really good drive other than the one we had at the end of the game, we win that game without a problem. So. And we had some luck go our way, too. You know, the um, the fumble towards the end of the game, obviously, that's not something you expect. So that's a little lucky. Um, Anzalone's interception kind of bounced off another guy, just went right into his hands. Uh, so we did have our, have our fair share of luck, but you know, it's, it's just when it comes down to the end and something like that happens once again for the second time and in 14 days, that's uh, it's when it's tough to swallow. Yeah. And just to go over some injuries now to talk about another key injury on this team, Cephas collarbone news came out broken. So, I mean, I, it's be rare to see him even in December, in my opinion, at this point, um, an area that didn't have any injuries this year, but also wasn't shining. So <laughs> this, this stings a lot because I think he was just starting to get going, uh, working with golf game, getting some trust both ways. Um, so this, this hurts, uh, the free agent markets thin. I, I really don't know what they're going to do because he pretty much has been a downfield threat. Um, and he's looked good over the last two weeks. So, I mean, it's now I'm on raw need to step up. Uh, Khalif Raymond completely shut out a donut yesterday. Does that surprise me? No. Uh, just because, you know, who, who he was going into this year. Um, but Hawk, it's been, it's been quiet the last two games. And I think that's a little concerning and it's, it's growing more and more 
Hawk pounding his fist into the turf yesterday after a drop or just not getting open. I hate seeing that because, again, going back on the last pod, he's the last man I want pissed off on this team on this offense right now. He's the only reliable threat. Yeah, hopefully we start seeing a little bit more out of him. Um, We have such a depleted receiving core now. You know, we didn't have the most talent going into the year. And now Tyra Williams is still out. See if this is going to be out for a long time. Maybe this is when Hawk gets it going again. We loved him the first few games. Hasn't been too much since. So we'll see if he turns it around. Maybe God starts looking at him a little bit more. Uh, He probably has guys all over him because he's clearly our best weapon. So we'll see if that could change. We could game plan a little bit better for him. But we'll see going forward if if it turns around or if he kind of keeps these uh, two-for-20 stat lines going. We'll see. Yeah, that's a that's a good call, and I hopefully that's just a turn for us right now in in October against the Bengals and the Rams and Eagles, who we have upcoming. Uh, just on the other side of the ball, though, you know, Vikings. You know, we 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 discussed you know how capable they were of you know having a offensive heavy you know force. Uh, Madison looked better than cook <laughs> at times, you know, like he cook, cook a last minute scratch. Mad- Madison was involved with 32 like plays. I mean, he got 25 carries and seven catches. So, I mean, he was heavily involved in that Vikings defense. Um, we could not stop him. Uh, he had a few plays where he pretty much just went for neutral zero yards on, on a run up the middle, but I mean, he was able to bounce off defenders and get those extra yards uh, whether on the run or even in the catch in the open. Um, had a touchdown on the day. Jefferson just torched us, uh, seven for 125. Thielen was quiet. Uh, he, you know, he made the big catch at the end, though. So, I mean, that's a vet right there who who knows what he needs to do, you know, to get him down the field. Um, and I will swallow my pride and say Conklin did nothing because last week I was – hyping him up. Uh, he only went two for 25. So good job on the Lions defense, I'll say, uh, containing at least the tight end position that we have a bad job doing. Well, my prediction was technically correct because uh, I said under 80 yards for Dalvin Cook and he had zero. But I think that could go right into Madison's play and he had 113 yards on the ground only. So I would say my prediction is a fail. And uh, yeah, my prediction wasn't even close. So... Wait, can, can, you, can you tell the audience what yours was again? I thought Jamal Williams was going to score three touchdowns because it would pound the rock against his Vikings run defense that hasn't been good all season long. So, Bruh. having said that, I was wrong. Looking for a better prediction this week against the Bengals, and I have a better one in mind. So, I'll say that for the rest of the – I'll say that for the rest of the uh, – for the, for the end of the show here. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Red zone, uh, defense and offense. So defense is not good, not good at all. Um, just because, I mean, outside of our, our first two games where we allowed 30 plus points, the last two have been, I mean, the last three have been very good defensive performances in terms of points we've given up, uh, 19, 24, and 19, but, um, we ranked right now 30th overall, uh, on defense red zone, uh, pretty much giving up a touchdown 85% of the time the opponents in the end zone. Uh, not that good considering <laughs> that we're, we're not forcing them three downs, four downs, and then forcing a field goal. So, I mean, if they're getting in the Renzo right now, any team they're, they're pretty much getting seven on the board. 
Yeah, without question. I mean, they're just they're just they're just able to drive the ball down against a run defense that's got some holes. And you think about Adam Thielen yesterday, what a weapon he is, and how he was just basically a ghost the whole game. And then really, when it mattered, he came out. So to think we lost that game yesterday when all the while we had neutralized a weapon like Adam Thielen for 90% of the game, except for when it mattered, um, kind of speaks volumes as to where both this pass defense and this run defense stands at this moment in time. And those red zone numbers reflect that. No, you do love to see that. Absolutely. Um, especially, you know, when the numbers get a little tighter uh, and yeah, just on the flip side of the ball, Offensive red zone rankings right now. I guess I'm not that mad uh, considering it's 12th in the NFL after five weeks. Uh, 65% of the time we're getting a touchdown. Um, I feel like that's just surprising, though, considering just Goff's stat line through five games, only seven touchdowns on the year um, and 1,300 yards through five games. Um, I, I'll i take that. Um, you know, and, and it was good to see that the field goal – Unit got a little more going yesterday, three, three attempts, three made, um, you know, just talking about last week, how we were pretty much going on a one attempt per game basis. So it's good to see um, the field goal team, you know, getting out there, gaining some trust, um, you know, capitalizing on, you know, distant opportunities where, you know, we can actually get three on the board rather than, you know, a failed fourth down conversion. Yeah. Hopefully we see that improve going forward. Um, I would say at least yesterday for the defensive side, we might be ranked 30th right now, but they didn't really get into the, the red zone too often. Um, I know they started the second half with punt, punt, interception, punt, I believe, for Minnesota with us on defense. So if we're not going to be that successful when we're defending in the red zone, but we don't get them in the red zone, we don't let them in too often, uh, you're okay with that, I guess. So you take the good with the bad there. And uh you know, hopefully we're not 30th by the end of the season. Hopefully we can start improving a little bit, but stay healthy. Take that. Yeah. Yeah. We've been getting pressure too, though, which is great. I mean, like to think we don't have really have the, we have some good D linemen, but Charles Harris has got a sack in four straight games. He's been getting great pressure and they were able to, to hurry, to hurry cousins and hit him just enough yesterday to make him think about it. Flowers had a sack yesterday too, as well. So at least we're getting a little bit of pressure in the backfield to kind of make up for what we don't have in the secondary, but um, the final score kind of indicates otherwise. We just need to get a little bit more done on the offensive side of the ball, but our defense is not playing nearly as poorly as I thought it was, to be honest. So, Yeah, it's, it, it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge. So yeah, I, maybe we can even go over some potential week five free agents, not waiver wire and fantasy, but, you know, who, who can maybe join this team, help us out in, in the wide receiver area. Uh, Matt or Andrew, do you have anyone that maybe comes to mind at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's obviously very, very slim, um, but given the volume of injuries that we have on the offensive side of the ball now and the lack of depth that it's out there right now. You, I, I mean, I don't want to call for a, a scheme change of some kind, but you know, desperate times kind of call for desperate measures at this point. You got to now work with what you have. And um, I mean, Todd Gurley is the name that comes to mind offensively, given that we already have two running backs. I don't know how much good bringing in a third, especially the type of running back that Todd Gurley is. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of difference he could make. Um, 
wide receiver we're looking kind of thin as well in terms of free agents there's anthony miller's out there um there's obviously picks from the draft pool that are, have been cut and released that you can probably look into as well um des bryant maybe if we got really really desperate golden tate but the list like i said is very very thin but they're going to have to do something given that cephas went down and amin, amin ross and brown is not really the downfield threat that that he is right now he's just he's just not that player yet he hasn't developed yet he's still obviously very young um, we just need to get Khalif Raymond and Amon Ross and Brown and Hawks some help. And so maybe bringing in one extra guy can kind of buoy up the offense a little bit, even if he's not a wide receiver. So there's just that aspect of, uh, of the roster and depth chart to keep in mind right now. You know, someone just popped in my head. Sorry, Andrew. Um, is Alshon Jeffrey on a team? I don't think so. That's true. I never really thought about that at the point. <laughs> he could also be hurt, but – I no, he's just, a free agent. <laughs> he just ran through my mind. I don't know if he's heard or not, but it, it, it's interesting, you know, like, and, 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 and Matt, I started laughing when you said Des Bryant. Cause I'm like, this guy says he's always available, but like how much, how much, you know, value does he actually bring if, if he was to come to a team like this, just being out of the league for a few years. Um, yes. I, I do like the veteran leadership granted. I don't, I don't know if you, we would call Des Bryant a leader, in an NFL locker room, um, maybe, maybe from some wisdom and some skill, but um, no, I mean, I would take anyone right now. That reminds me of sort of like a, a more loose cannon out um, Anquan Bolden when he came to the team and he actually had a great role in the Lions receiving core that year um, really rode that up. But I, I, you know what, I'd rather maybe really take this, opportunity seriously as, as a Lions, you know, GM or, or coach, just because, you know, this, these injuries happen to other teams too. And as the weeks go on, more injuries, you know, come up, you know, Juju Smith's now out for the year, uh, even though Steelers have a little more, I guess, depth in in the core, but um, these things happen. And the second, a big injury, uh, you know, hits a team that they're immediately looking at the free agent market. So, I mean, if we can crack someone right now, I'd, I'd rather do that than wait. I'd be pretty surprised if we made any type of free agent move. I feel like even in our secondary, the mentality has been, you know, next guy up, bring him off the practice squad, undirected rookie, whatever it is. I mean, we're also releasing, you know, we released Jamie Collins because he's an old veteran. We want to get the younger guys in there, see what they can do. So I think it's just going to be see what we have internally, see if anyone could get out there, start making some plays. And uh, if one person doesn't, you take the next guy. I don't, I don't know if we're going to be going out in free agency and trying to bring anyone in. I feel like I guess, we want to be as young as possible and, and see what we could do. Well, I guess, you know, do we have someone on the practice squad or the current roster that can catch Goff's atrocious deep pass? <laughs> because it's, it's getting worse and worse every single game. Yesterday, watching that game, running through the, the, the quick sim game today again, just to get a little additional eyes on it. Yeah, you know, every deep pass is a mile away from the wide receiver with pressure or not. <laughs> so who who can possibly, whether it's a current player or, or a free agent, like who is going to fix this? And it just, I think Goff's, frust- my frustration with Goff right now is, you know, halftime, 99 passing yards. Uh, the confidence is in my opinion, it's not growing. It's not growing by the game. Um, it's, it's, it's concerning. And 
Andrew, I think you, you mentioned a few just like contract stats last year. What's, what's his situation again outside of next year? Yeah, he, he's going to be with us at least through next year. He's got, I think, over $30 million guaranteed to him next year. Um, if we cut him, I think he would still be $10 million or $12 million of dead money for 2023. I think uh, so, so he's, he's here. He's going to be here. The, yeah, I think the bright spot is that this is not the year of the quarterback in college football. Yeah, it's definitely not the year for a quarterback in college football. The, the pickings are very slim in terms of consistency and um, game management, per se. I mean, this this draft class for, for QBs is not going to be one you're going to want to go in head first on. Um, the only other wide receiver option we have right now, just to kind of finish that point on wide receivers, we have Sage Sherrod. Sage Sherrod, the wide receiver from, from Wake Forest. He's down on our practice squad, I think, still. Um, he's 6'2", but he's got a lot of weight to put on. Pretty skinny guy, um, decent hands, pretty good in college, good college player, but he's really, really raw and really, really young. Um, so like we said before, nothing crazy. Pickens are slim, but that's who we have right now to work with on the practice squad. Um, and, you know, like Andrew said, Rick, financially, I, it doesn't really make sense to go out and try to land a free agent. That's going to probably eat up some money that we want to spend. But, you know, we're dealing with some depth issues that, we have not seen a wide receiver in I don't know how long with this organization. So we can't go out and sign a guy that's going to get us one or two extra wins to get us, you know, three wins on the year. I don't, Absolutely I don't think that, right. I don't think it's going to make sense for, for Brad Holmes to go out and do that. I think he sees more big picture to right. let the young guys play and you know see what we got. Yeah. But you'd have to assume that these are one year deals. And then that's where our, I guess my argument with this is like, you have to take that field wanting to win and you have to put someone, if there's someone capable of putting us in a better winning position, (laughs) great. Even, even if the odds are against us, we have to put up a competitive fight and uh, we have the defense. I'm honestly thrilled with if we're going to talk about just the, the third season recap right now, but you know, the offensive side, I can't, I can't say that. So, I mean, if we're even able to get someone for a one-year deal to 11 games at this point, well, 12. Um, I, I would love that, but I, I also get it from where you guys stand. Um, it's not worth maybe changing the dynamics or, you know, taking reps away from someone who might be, you know, one of your key pieces in a few years. So um, bright spots though, you know, after five games, I, the running backs continue to shine. Uh, the o, O-line keeps getting banged up. Uh, we survived this game, but um, there, there's not enough to say about, Jamal and Swift right now. Yeah, they've been great. I had no complaints bringing in a, a guy like Jamal just to, to change it up in case Swift needs a breather or something. Play the odd hands. They've um, they've, they've done a great job, and they've been uh, the bright spot of our offense so far because it's definitely not coming through the air. Yeah, let's Swift have... run them up. Yeah, so God, sorry, I'm sorry, James. Go ahead. No, no. Um, I, I was going to say. I mean, they're they're pretty balanced on the. Uh, the running attempts, uh, which is fine. I, I love the uncertainty it puts on the defense, not knowing if we, if we have a runner pass opportunity, um, which, which I think is key. And it's really been a successful uh, takeaway, at least for the, the first five so far. Keeps them yeah. And they're, they're both averaging about a little over four yards of rush, which is, I think considering what we've had before is very good. Both of them are, you know, getting chunk yardage on first and second down and they're catching the ball well and getting out in space and making plays in space. We saw Swift run over that safety or cornerback yesterday. He just trucked right through him. Loved and ran him over. Finish him. Loved it, yeah. Showed a little Dan Campbell toughness. But, 
Yeah, like you said, nothing nothing new here, nothing new to see here. The running backs were playing really, really well. They're anchoring our offense. Um, we just got to get the wide receivers going now and, you know, keep these stats that we have for the first five weeks for these running backs, keep that going and maintain that consistency. And hopefully the wide receiver game catches up a little bit. And then if, if you guys want to brush up on any, I think this is a cool I just topic, uh, very young. It keeps getting younger and a more inexperienced defense just still continues to impress us. Honestly, they're, they're, they're putting us in a position to win these games at least the last three 49ers and Packers, you know, definitely exploded on, on the offensive end for them. But the last three games, the defense is doing their job. Um, offense is just not in parallel with them. So, um, but again, you, I, I think that's still a massive positive, just considering who is physically taking the field on, <laughs> on the defensive side. Yeah. It's a credit to the coaching coordinators. Aaron Glenn, it seems like has done a great job so far. With the talent he has, no just hope that he stays around long enough for uh, for us to have some talent and be a decent team before he ships off to be a head coach. So hopefully he sticks around for a little little longer. Yeah, I you, they I think they're patient. They they knew nothing was going to completely change overnight with this organization in one season under the new coaching staff. Um, I, I'm excited for year two, year three with the with the same group of guys. Uh, I think we have a very talented group, uh, head coach wise, assistant, and then all uh, position coaches, defensive offense too. Yeah, I agree. I think just to shine light on one guy in particular yesterday, Tracy Walker played his ass off yesterday too. So I think we, we, we would be remiss to kind of leave him out. He played a great game, probably his best game of the year yesterday. He was a ball hawk and, you know, delivering a lot of big hits on third and long against the Vikings. So he played his ass off yesterday. So kudos to Tracy Walker there too. Yeah, and that starts the question, is he a line in the future or is he not? He's almost at that point where we need to sign him or let him walk. Right. So uh, he, he's – I think we, we've reached on him, and I think he's uh, done a fantastic job at least fulfilling that role. Um, Chris Harris, too, uh, I think struggled a little more. But, um, yeah, I mean, secondary is – you know, the safeties are definitely the bright spot, at least out of that secondary, because we're, we're beat up right now in the corner. So anyway, um, on to next week, Bengals at Lions. Good to get another home game. Um, offenses are pretty evenly matched uh, since he's currently getting three and a half. Um, interesting update on the injury side. Joe Burrow had a throat contusion last night, sent to the hospital. Uh, status is unknown for Sunday. I don't even know who the Bengals backup quarterback is, but I'm hoping – that backup quarterback is playing <laughs> just so we can even have a little more edge on this game. So who wants to start off with a little uh, breakdown for this upcoming week? Yeah, I'll take that. Um, I don't know who their backup quarterback is either, but I, I kind of feel like it'd be a cheap win if we pulled one out for the first one of the year. Uh, their backup quarterback is Brandon Allen, apparently. But carry on, Andrew. Stud. Brandon Allen. Go ahead. Yeah, no, predictions for next week. I think that all depends on if, if Joe Burrow's healthy or not. Um, so I'm going to go with the assumption that he is healthy. And I'm, I'm going to hope that we hold him under 24 points. That's, uh, you know, if our, if our defense can continue the, the way they're playing right now, 
hold them under 24 points. I don't know if that would mean a win based on the way our offense has been going. I don't know if we've scored over 24 points since week one against San Fran, but, uh, but that's my goal. Keep them 24 or under. Hopefully it gives us a chance to win and uh, get that first win, whether it's against Burrow or, uh, or Allen. Yeah, I think James, you nailed everything there perfectly, but getting to predictions for me, a little bit more realistic this week as opposed to last week. I'm going to say we get one. I'm going to say we get one pick and one fumble, but I think the pick is going to be from a defensive lineman, like Michael Brockers or somebody. So one pick, one fumble, interception coming from a defensive lineman. Okay. Okay, I like that. A little bland, but we'll keep it simple this time. Yeah. As opposed to my, as opposed to my complex prediction from last week. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna get to we're gonna get to Burrow, I think. It's just shoot for the stars. Know. Yeah, truthfully. All right, Al. I mean, I just I am <laughs> we are being so patient with golf. We have to be. We don't have another choice. I, I want two touchdowns passing from him i think that's a very realistic thing it's just he's been quiet uh seven touchdowns through five games not averaging that at all so i think get him in the end zone twice uh maybe a hawk connection and maybe you know swift jamal um that, that i that's mine it's not too much of a a hot prediction but it's something i think that can maybe start something for him so let's hope i at least go one for one this week on that We'd all like to see it for sure. Yeah, just get get us going. It's move the ball. <laughs> it's like I I was listening to just some of the writers, um, you know, pods to even like last night and this morning, and the the common denominator is the Lions literally can't move the ball when it's when there's a passing game. So it's 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 frustrating to hear over and over again. I, I'm I think Goff is now under, averaging under. It's like five yards per passing attempt, regardless catcher or not. Um, but we are not stretching up the field at all. And to defenses, I, I think are fully aware of Goff's capabilities at the moment. So, and Bengals defense is pretty good. I think they're right in the middle of the, of the pack. So uh, they definitely got some hitters there. They got some, some good secondary players. Uh, so expect, you know, a little aggressive rush on their side. So, I mean, it might be even more limited in the pocket compared to last week. I know they took uh, Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell. So uh, they let Sewell fall to us, but we'll see if Chase ends up torching us through the air. I think Chase is a dog. Lighting it up, fantasy. I really hope they don't come out looking for revenge after that kicking fiasco yesterday. They had to uh, be a part of losing that game more than once. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. Two broken heart teams facing each other on Sunday. So... (laughs) Well, I want to be wrong. Yeah, I want to be a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Um, Just looking at this too, quick compare, contrast, uh, yards per game on the offensive side, Lions and Bengals. We're we're literally a difference of 29 yards per uh, total offense this year. Uh, Passing, we're pretty much 236, 235. And then rushing, we're pretty much at 99 per game and uh, 103. So this is a very evenly matched offensive game. Uh, Lions keep doing what they're doing. I mean, this might be a more of a low-scoring game um, from these things. But, uh, again, if, if we can contain these wide receivers. Uh, Joe Mixon's back. He had a pretty good game yesterday. 
you know, containing him is probably the first thing that we have to do as, as the defense and uh, lock down the, the wide receivers to T Higgins, sneaky good. Um, so yeah, should be, should be a fight, but um, th- this is a very winnable game. I think it, just like this past week and uh, other opponents that we're going to face, like this is a winnable game and I could easily see Lions winning this at home. We're going to learn a lot about our secondary this week with guys like Harvard Warrior and, and Parker and what, what these young corners can do because this depth of receiving for the Bengals is pretty, pretty good. So we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot about what the young corners can do against a, a pretty deep receiving core and running back core at the Bengals have. So that's that to look forward to. I'm pretty surprised at these yardages too. I feel like Cincinnati has a much – more lethal offense compared to us. I think our, a lot of our yardage might be in uh, some garbage time catch-up games where uh, we, we sneak up there in, in yardage totals, but the game wasn't very efficient. I was surprised so we'll, we'll to see, see that as well. Yeah, We'll see if that's all garbage numbers and if Cincinnati comes out killing us or if, uh, if we can stay in the game. They have a great linebacking core too in the middle. There's that to be said as well. That's something else to look, about, look out for as well. Their linebacking core is excellent, so. They're going to give us problems in the middle of the running game. We're going to we're going to have to throw the ball if we even want to stay in the game because their running back core, or I'm sorry, their their linebacker core is really going to stop in the run. So, awesome. All right, guys. So this is the next game. Hopefully, we uh, fight out a W. You know, get get this. You know, the, the conversations online they're already talking about is this another winless Lions team? This this the conversation's too early in the year to be happening. It's there's too many potential wins and and we need to <laughs> we're setting the bar so low at this point it's like can we get at least get one win to cross that conversation off the board <laughs> but um yeah it's 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 true because am i worried i i'm a i'm a tad bit i think you two are as well just get that win let's at least get our name out of the media where it goes the next winless team let's put that pressure on the jaguars <laughs> right exactly so, all righty. So, we'll be back next week. Lions, Bengals recap. Any other news, takes? Uh, hopefully, our predictions go three for three this week, as they haven't been. Um, lot to talk about um, as we, you know, get halfway through October. Um, but we keep moving south in the rankings and the standings. And as every other opponent that we face keeps going the opposite way. So, all right, fans, tune in next week. Lines news. Thanks for listening. Deuces.